Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now channel 525. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's push that button to take me out of echo, if you would, please, Andrew. I appreciate that. Thanks so much. Seven minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock as we get started on this Wednesday, the 12th morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Coming up on the program, Congressman Jim Jordan, now the ranking member of the very important, very powerful House Judiciary Committee. He was uh, appointed to that post uh, yesterday, and he will join us today at 9.35 to talk about that and much, much more, including, and of course, uh, what happened last night in New Hampshire. Tons of audio that we have to deal with today, tons of reactions uh, from last night's uh, results in New Hampshire, and we're going to get into all of that uh, with you and, of course, with Congressman Jordan. Then at 10.35, we're going to talk with uh, Tabitha Coral, uh, Coral, who is the author of a book, that um, I'm really excited about talking about, quite frankly, because uh, there are a lot of very dangerous threats that we are facing. It's called Confronting the Deception, Inflamed by 9-11 and Fired Up by Eight Bad Years. Tabitha Coral will be joining us to talk about that at 1035. So let's dive into, speaking of bad years, uh, can you imagine all of the bad years we would have in front of us if one of the demon rats who ran last night in, or ran yesterday, rather, uh, in the New Hampshire primary for the Demonrat uh, 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 race. Can you imagine if any one of them were to take over this country? Talk about bad times. Um, I want to talk about this. The winner in New Hampshire last night, which you obviously know, if you woke up listening to Hugh Hewitt, you're very smart. And in fact, if you woke up listening to Hugh Hewitt today, you're smarter at the end of that show than you were when you turned it on. I think we all are when we listen to Hugh. And you know that Hugh talked about it. And you probably saw it in other places. Bernie Sanders won the New Hampshire primary, the Democratic National Committee didn't steal the victory from him. 
They didn't do anything to cheat him the way that they did uh, with Hillary Clinton uh, nearly four years ago. So Bernie Sanders was enabled to get his win. Good for him. He won by about 1.2% over Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of a failing Indiana town (laughs) who is about as radical as radical comes, uh, maybe not quite as radical as he would seem sitting next to the uber-radical Bernie Sanders, but uh, two wild radicals finished at the top of the New Hampshire primary yesterday as they try to find somebody who can compete with Donald Trump. Two wild radicals. The third-place finisher was a shock. It was a woman. Not shocking that it's a woman. It's a shocking which woman it was. It wasn't Liawatha or Focahontas Elizabeth Warren. It was Amy Klobuchar instead. Elizabeth Warren, who is a next-door neighbor to the voters in New Hampshire, of course, being from Massachusetts, absolutely was demolished, down in single digits at about nine points, and it was Amy Klobuchar in third place with 19 points, probably the most moderate of all of the Democrat candidates on the stage or in the race. And that includes those who were there last night, Sanders and Buttigieg and Biden and Warren and Klobuchar in terms of the finish. Uh, And it also includes those who don't participate in these things, like Mike Bloomberg. Um, Klobuchar, probably the most moderate, which is very surprising that she was able to, in in a race that went to two radicals, a socialist like Sanders and Buttigieg, who is a fraud, who's masquerading as a moderate. He is not. He's a radical in many, many ways. Uh, Klobuchar, who is really the most moderate of the group, finishing third, was very, very interesting and surprising. Finishing fourth, as noted way back, was Elizabeth Warren, who seized the handwriting on the wall. She spent a ton of time in New Hampshire. She knew this was a make-or-break moment for her. She had to finish at least top three, if not top two. And she could not gain any traction there at all. Uh, infamous now is the video clip of her coming into a diner in uh, New Hampshire yesterday, I'm sorry, on uh, Monday and trying to get people's attention. And everybody at all of the tables just kept on talking with one another and looking at their meals and did not want to engage with her. She is probably seeing the handwriting on the wall, which is why last night in her concession, <clears throat> She began talking about unity and trying to find a way to come behind whoever is going to be the real winner of this uh, uh, cesspool race because it is not going to be her. And then in fifth place, of course, was Joe Biden. Joe Biden finished in fifth place, and he knew it was coming. That's why he got out of Dodge. Joe Biden wouldn't even stay in New Hampshire long enough to get the results and then thank his dedicated supporters and workers who tried to make him not finish in fifth place. He said, y'all have your defeat party over there without me. I'm going to South Carolina where I'm in more favorable territory. So Joe Biden trounced with a fourth place finish in Iowa, trounced with a fifth place finish in New Hampshire, continues his remarkable run of numerous presidential campaigns and candidacies without ever winning a single primary or caucus. The guy who is supposed to be the biggest nightmare for Donald Trump can't win a single primary, can't finish in the top three, can't finish in the top two, let alone win the doggone thing. Joe Biden's campaign may not, depending on how things go, may not make it to Super Tuesday. I know that sounds crazy. 
for the once thought front runner. And I want to say this before I get to the audio. This is extraordinarily important to me anyway. What's important is this. The Demon Rats tried to impeach Donald Trump and did impeach and tried to remove Donald Trump from office by claiming that he asked a foreign country to interfere with the campaign against his, quote, political rival. And I said at the time, and now I feel very vindicated and supported in the, in the statement, that the president was not asking them to investigate a political rival for two reasons. Number one, it wasn't about Joe Biden, the politician. It was about Joe Biden, the former VP, and his son engaging in what could be serious corruption by selling access to the White House. But number two, even if you didn't, did want to think it was about politics, okay, he was never Donald Trump's political rival. To be running against Donald Trump, he has to be the nominee of the Democrat Party. He's a rival of Bernie Sanders. He's a rival of Liz Warren, et cetera, et cetera. And guess what? Last night proved it. Now, both primaries, or one caucus and one primary from Iowa to New Hampshire proved, he is absolutely not a threat to Donald Trump. Donald Trump didn't have to worry about him, and I don't think ever will. Quite frankly, I don't think Donald Trump has much to worry about with any of these cartoon characters running on the demon ra- in the demon rat cesspool. But let's listen now. Bernie Sanders came out victorious in the uh, New Hampshire primary by about 1%, 1.2% over Pete Buttigieg. And I want you to listen to just this short clip. It's about 11 seconds long of his concession speech, because this tells you all you need to know about campaign Sanders. Now, our campaign is not just about beating Trump. It is about transforming this country. That's the line that I want you to never forget. This campaign isn't just about beating Donald Trump. It's about transforming this country. Where have you heard that before? That was the promise of Barack Obama. And he did his level best to do it. Transform the country. What does transform mean? It means change. President Trump ran for office four years ago, promising not to change America, but to actually get America back to being the great nation that it is and that it has been. By reinforcing the values, free market values, constitutional liberties that made this country great. You don't want to change something that you love. Barack Obama said, I want to change America. I want to fundamentally change America from what it is to something that I want it to be. Starting with socialized medicine. Obamacare was the first big step toward Medicare for all slash government-controlled health care, right? That's what it was all about. And so here we are with a new... uh, Socialist Barack Obama was kind of a socialist, but without naming himself as one. Uh, Barack Obama, and we're going to take a time out here. I just realized it's nine seventeen, and I just got a note from uh, from uh, Congressman Jim Jordan's office. He needs to come on the air now in about three minutes. So we're going to take our time out here. But Barack Obama wanted to change the country as a socialist. Didn't name himself one. Bernie has named himself one and saying the same thing. Let's transform America. Quick time out now. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan next on AM fourteen twenty. The answer.
19 now. We continue on AM 1420. The answer, as promised, I want to welcome to the program the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee for the Republican Party, Ohio's own 4th Congressional District Representative, Congressman Jim Jordan. Good morning, Mr. Jordan. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Bob. Good to be with you again. It's good to talk to you, as always. Congressman, let's dive right into what we sure. saw happen last night in the state of New Hampshire. And we can kind of combine yeah. this, I suppose, with what, of course, happened in uh, uh, in uh, Iowa. This is a, 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 a an astounding thing. The Democrat Party is being overtaken and run by radicals. Uh, Bernie Sanders, yeah. uh, with his uh, victory in top two finish in Iowa, then a vic- victory by about 1.2% points over another radical, Pete Buttigieg, last night in New Hampshire. After his his victory, uh, Bernie Sanders said this, Congressman. Now, our campaign is not just about beating Trump. It is about transforming this country. Now, I, I looked it up because I'm not that smart. I looked up transform, and I found uh, the, uh, the the thesaurus, uh, uh, a list of synonyms for that, to be change. He wants to transform this country. He wants to change this country. Yeah. And I, I recall hearing that sometime uh, once before. From a guy named Barack Obama, who wanted to fundamentally transform or change the country, Congressman, um, do do people generally want to change things that they like, or do they want to keep things that they like? Because this guy wants to change the United States from what it is into something else. Yeah, and that's why he's going to lose. Uh, if, if in fact he wins the nomination, who knows what what's going to happen on that side? It seems uh, seems you know a crazy mess, but. It, it, that's why he's going to lose because the American people like what what President Trump has delivered for him, in spite of the, the the relentless attack and opposition he's got from from every Democrat in this town and from all the mainstream press. He's he's producing and doing what he said and getting results. They like that, uh, and they're also still very very scary of this this crazy term socialism. Remember, Bernie Sanders is a socialist. He's not a Democrat. He's running in the Democrat primary, but he's running as a socialist in the Democrat primaries. So um, the, the idea that you know if he would if he would be president, just just Get your wallet out. And start handing it over to the government because they're going to they're going to take they're going to take your money. Uh, they're going to take away your freedom. Um, that's unfortunately just what socialism is, and that's why it's so dangerous, and so wrong. So I don't think it matters who wins though on their side because this 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 country is going to reelect Donald Trump, and I think it could be in a big way. I think so too, and I hope so too. But I am kind of intrigued by this, and and just the wild, wild left turn that the Democrat Party has taken. I mean, there are moderates in the race. People like Amy Klobuchar would be considered a moderate. Uh, I don't think Pete Buttigieg is at all. He's far, far left. I think mm-hmm. Joe Biden is much farther left than people say. But it's been taken over by the Bernie Sanders, and then of course one of his uh, endorsers, uh, uh, AOC, uh, part of the freshman group of far left uh, uh, members. I just want to know um, what kind of a uh, what what kind of a statement I guess they are making about what they want to do to this country when they are about to nominate, as you said, an avowed, proud socialist. President Trump has said we will never allow this country uh, to be a socialist country. But there is a well, lot. There are a lot of Democrats who say, forget about regular, moderate Democrat candidates. We like this socialist. Yeah, they want to get rid of private health care. 180 million of us who have private health insurance. They want to get rid of that. <clears throat> they got the Green New Deal, which means they don't want that. They want to get rid of oil, gas, and and coal, and, and no, no, no use of that at all. That's that's crazy. Cars, uh, planes, they, and they trucks. Bye bye. Yeah, they want a a what 90 percent marginal tax rate, 70 percent mar, whatever they're talking about. They want to raise your taxes like crazy. They want to con- they want to continue to just pile more and more debt on top of the 22 23 trillion uh, uh debt we 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 currently have. And and then frankly it's it's your fundamental liberties. Remember the radical left they, they don't really support the first amendment. They it's okay for them to talk. They just don't want us to talk. Um 
they, they certainly don't support the Second Amendment. They want to take away your Second Amendment, Amendment liberties. And, and as far as respect for the sanctity of human life, the life issue and protecting unborn children, uh, they're, they're completely radical on that as well. So that is the transformation that Bernie Sanders is talking about. And I think most of the people in, in Ohio and across the country uh, look at all that and they say, wait, 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 wait a minute. I, I'm, I'm not signing up for that. And that's why you're going to see, in, in, in addition to a bunch of other reasons, that's why you're going to see people vote for President Trump this November. Tying the results in New Hampshire and the current state of the Democrat Party to the recently completed impeachment trial. Um, the accusation against the president from House Democrats was that he, President Trump tried to uh, damage a political rival with this uh, investigation he wanted from Ukraine. One of the arguments that a lot of people made, myself included, was how in what way is Joe Biden a political rival? Because A, at the time this whole thing started, he was not a declared presidential candidate. And B, he's not a rival of Donald Trump until he finishes being a rival of Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg and yeah. Elizabeth Warren. He's got to get through a big field to become a rival for Donald Trump, and as we saw last night, uh, yeah. that, that's not happening. He yeah. now trails by 10 yeah. in the national polls after two shellackings in uh, primaries yeah. and caucuses. Yeah, finishing fifth in New Hampshire probably doesn't qualify for, uh, for a rival, uh, be my guess. <laughs> no, I think it's, uh, it's, it's right on, uh, the, the point is right on, Bob. Uh, look, yeah, I mean, everyone saw what happened in Ukraine with, with Joe Biden, his son Hunter Biden, this corrupt company, Burisma. Everyone saw it for what it was like. Hey, wait, that, that just smells. That's not right. We all know it. For, we, we see it. We know it's wrong. Everyone understood that. But the Democrats, they don't care. They're so out to get the president. They had, oh, don't pay no attention to that. The real issue is President Trump's call transcript, which when we got the transcript showed no quid pro quo. And when we talked to the two guys on the call, they both said repeatedly there was no pressure, no pushing, no linkage of dollars, uh, security assistance dollars to, to an announcement of any type of investigation. So, the facts all were on the president's side. Their story all broke down, but they don't care. Remember, they don't care. They've been out to get this president before he was even elected. When they started the FBI, started the Trump-Russia investigation, they gave it the name Crossfire Hurricane. I always think that's funny, too, Bob. Bigger the names they gave the two biggest investigations in our lifetimes. The Clinton uh, investigation into her uh, use, use of the just uh, exclusive use of a personal email server. Um, the Clinton investigation was called the Mid-Year Exam. So something they just had to get through. They were going to trudge through and get through. But the Trump-Russia investigation, crossfire hurricane. You know, I, I said the, 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 you could see Andy McCabe and, and Peter Strzok standing outside Comey's office, pounding their chest by the water cooler, talking about how they're going to get Donald Trump. So that, that, that tells you everything. That's when they tried to start. That, that's when they started going after this president, before he was even elected. So that's what the Democrats are. They do want to transform this country. They want to go after their enemies, like they've been doing with President Trump, like they did with the Tea Party. Uh, with, the, when, when, with the IRS. That's what they want to do. They want to take all your money. They want to get rid of oil, gas, and coal. They don't want to protect the sanctity of human life. They want to take away your Second Amendment liberties. And, and again, I'm not, this is not Jim Jordan and Bob Grant, you know, going, this is what they've said. So we're just, we're just telling, telling your listeners what they have said. That's what's scary. 100% accurate. And and Congressman, uh, as they try to take down the president, one of the ways that they're doing that now is to try to take down some of his strongest supporters, including the Attorney General of the United States. And you saw what happened yesterday, the announcement that the original sentencing guideline uh, against uh, former Trump associate uh, Roger Stone, was they were calling for seven to nine years in prison, which is way extreme compared to other sentences given for similar crimes. So the DOJ uh, stepped in and amended that and said, we're going to be asking for much less than that. Four prosecutors resigned in protest because they wanted to push forward with the seven to nine. Um, many on the left now are calling for the resignation or the impeachment or 
the disbarment of William Barr. What's your take on the Roger Stone story? Seven to nine years was ridiculous, and everyone knows that. I mean, if, if in fact Mr. Stone uh, misled, said something false, lied under oath, and, and did some kind of obstruction, okay, then, then you the penalty, but the, the typical penalty for that's like a year, uh, and they're talking seven to nine. So everyone saw that for what it was. That was ridiculous. Uh, the president's right when he when he makes the point that look, how about and this is the you know we've talked about this on the show, but the, the number one question I get, I can be walking through an airport, I can be out in our district, I can be anywhere in the country, someone will come up to me and they'll say the number one question I get. They'll look, but when is someone going to jail? And they're not talking about Roger Stone. They're talking about Jim Comey. They're talking about Peter Strzok. They're talking about Andy McCabe. They're talking about Lois Lerner. They're talking about people who, like, systematically went after uh, fellow American citizens and, and, and went after their fundamental liberties. That's what they're talking about. And so the president yesterday in his, in his press conference talked about, talked about that issue. Like, you got people like Jim Comey and Andy McCabe and, and frankly, you, you know, Peter Strzok and these other people doing, doing things. They never get held accountable. How about the guy who changed the email? That Mr. Horowitz's report, the guy at the Department of Justice who changed the email that, that so when they would go to the FISA court, they could say something exactly opposite of what really happened. And yet, are, are we hearing about them being prosecuted? So that's the concern most, most Americans have, and that's what the president expressed yesterday. Yeah, and you know what? That's, that's such a great point, because uh, what the left is doing is they're trying to discredit and get rid of the current attorney general, uh, because they know that the answer to your question comes with him. When do we start seeing yeah. some of those people go to jail? Well, it's when, you know, Inspect, uh, uh, Inspector Durham, or Prosecutor Durham, uh, finishes his investigation, reports that yep. to the attorney general, and that's when all of these things are going to start happening, and they know it, and that's why they're trying to say, well, when, we gotta, we gotta get rid of them now, and they're using yeah. the stone thing as just another example. But, but I always go back to last spring when Bill Barr testified in front of the Senate Finance Committee. First time testifying after he'd been confirmed as Attorney General. I think Bill Barr's done an outstanding job. I really do. I do too. But he's testifying, and he used the word, <clears throat> he, he said spying took place. He's talking about the FBI and what they did to the Trump campaign. When he used that term spying, oh, the, the Democrats and the left went crazy. And they tried to get him to walk back the word, and he says, nope, it's, an, it's a perfectly appropriate word to describe what in fact happened. And I'm concerned about it, and there's a basis for my concern about the spying that took place. And he even used the term political surveillance. And guess what? Mr. Horowitz does a report and proved Bill Barr 100% right. And now, as you just pointed out, Bob, there's also an investigation that's broader than what Mr. Horowitz looked at that's going back to the origins of the whole Trump-Russia investigation, the whole crossfire mm-hmm. hurricane investigation. That's what the Democrats are afraid of. That's what the mainstream press is afraid of. That's what the left's afraid of. And that is why they are attacking Bill Barr not because he, he made a decision yesterday that said, you know what, seven to nine years for this is ridiculous. If, it, if, if, if it's going to be some kind of prison sentence, it should be a year, maybe two at the max. Any prosecutor will tell you that's, that's the sentence that's in line with, with the crime. Congressman, 30 seconds because we're already past our time, but just quickly, you were already on the Judiciary Committee. As the ranking member, how does your role change? Well, you're, you're the top Republican then on the committee, and uh, so they have a little more uh, say in things. Obviously, the, the, the majority party, Mr. Natter, is the guy who's in, in charge, and the Democrats are in charge. But if we could win it back, that'd be great, because we got, we got an immigration bill we got to do right uh, that actually secures our border and deals with the sanctuary city problem and, 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 and a host of issues. That comes through judiciary. Of course, these investigation issues. There's the FISA reauthorization coming up here in the next month. Uh, that's important. We got to do that right in light of what we now have learned that what took place at the FISA court. So there's a number of important issues that we'll have a chance to weigh in on and uh, and try to get right to the American people. 
Congressman Jordan, thanks so much for your leadership already in the committees uh, in the fight against uh, the uh, coup d'etat against the President of the United States. We'll look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks, Bob. Take care, buddy. Thank you, sir. That's Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer. We had to adjust quickly there. So glad to get him. We'll take a quick time out now for news and come back, and we'll have open phone lines at 216-901-0945 coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine thirty-eight. late uh, return from the news. We had to uh, get out quickly to get Congressman Jordan on in time, so uh, apologies for that, but we are ready for you at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. I want to go back to the radicalism. I want to go back and talk about what has happened and what is becoming of the Demon Rat Party. Uh, it has gone from just being, you know, ideologically different or opposed to conservatism, liberalism, progressivism, whatever cho- term you choose. Uh, Democrat and Republican have been at each other for forever, obviously, in this country. And the two major parties battle it out. And uh, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. It is not just typical ideological differences now that will be battled out and settled and then we'll move forward. Um, it's radicalism now. The Democrat Party has turned into something that is unrecognizable. Their embrace of a socialist, Bernie Sanders, who, as a previous guest pointed out, he's Congressman Jordan pointed out, he's not even a Democrat. He's a socialist running with the Democrat Party or running on or within the Democrat primaries. And this is a guy who, like his predecessor, one of his predecessors, uh, fellow Democrat, fellow liberal, fellow anti-American, socialist wannabe Barack Obama, wants to change this country. Now, our campaign is not just about beating Trump. It is about transforming this country. Transforming this country. Now, there was a time... When candidates would say things like, I want to strengthen this country. I want to help this country. I want to help the people of this country. I am here because I want to uh, make this country better, greater. Things of that nature, right? That's not what transforming is. Transforming is the country is one way. I don't like it. I want to change it into being something else. You don't transform things you like. You try to strengthen. You try to embellish on the wonderful things about the country that you like. You try to improve things that may need improvement. But you do not want to fundamentally change the country. And that's what Barack Obama tried to do through his imposition of a directive, a mandate for the first time in American history, a government mandate that said you must buy a product from a private business, and if you don't, we will fine you. And if you don't pay that fine, we will jail you. That's what the Obamacare mandate was. For the first time ever, you were ordered by insurance, buy this product or you are going to go to jail if you don't pay your fines for it. That's a fundamental transformation of America from a free country to one being um, essentially uh, suffering under the tyranny of a would-be wannabe dictator. And, And the American left welcomed that with open arms. 
Never mind the fact that it was a disaster. And millions and millions and millions of Americans got kicked off of their health care plans and lost their doctors, which they were told they weren't going to, and saw their premiums rise sky high as a result of that. But that's what changing the country is. We went from a law-abiding uh, country at the start of the Obama administration, one that respected police officers, both local, state, and federal officers, meaning local cops all the way up to federal officers, such as uh, ICE officers, We respected the rule of law, and we supported those who risked their lives as first responders to dangerous situations uh, to save us. We respected them. After eight years of Obama and now still through three years of trying to fix that under Trump, um, we're a country that turns on its police officers. At least a significant number of people in this country hate police officers. They attack them in the streets. They dump water on them. They, they, They dump milk on them. They throw things at them. In the terrible cases, they hunt them and shoot them just for being police officers. They assume they're the bad guy. They paint them as the enemy, all because of what Barack Obama did in fostering racial division in this country for eight solid years and fostering an us-against-them mentality when it comes to cops. President Barack Obama tried the appeasement of terrorists route to change this country, appeasing terrorists in nations like Iran, the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism, giving them $150 billion to continue their terrorist activities, agreeing to a ridiculous nuclear deal that did not allow for any time, anywhere inspections from the international community to make sure they weren't building nuclear bombs. The President of the United States, Barack Obama, did his level best for eight years to do exactly what he said, change this country from a fundamentally thriving free market society well it wasn't thriving I, let me let me restate because they do not want to be accused of uh, giving misinformation here we were of course in the beginning stages of recession when he took over uh no question about that and then the american economy as it always has had to adjust and had to rebound from recession now we have seen rebounds from recession uh, over the course of the last 50 60 70 80 years sadly on numerous occasions we've had to do that we've always rebounded sometimes faster sometimes slower and under the barack obama administration we rebounded from that recession slow more slowly than any recession in american history Our GDP growth was anemic. Our wages were terrible. Job growth, what there was, and yes, we did return jobs as the recession ended. We did return people to work under the Obama administration. That is absolutely true. But the jobs were mostly part-time jobs, and they were low-wage service jobs as opposed to manufacturing and productive jobs. So, yes, there was a fundamental change in America from its normal free market thriving uh, economy and constitutional liberty protecting society to one in which the constitutional liberties we enjoy, religious liberty, of course, Second Amendment liberties, free speech liberties, were all under attack. Now, why do I go back and I rehash the Obama years? Because the last time we heard somebody say, we want to transform the country, that's what we got. And I want you to be afraid of a guy who is extremely popular with young Americans, young millennials, 
those on the younger side of the millennials, because, you know, the older generation of millennials, not the older generation, the oldest end, if you will, of the millennial generation is pushing 40 now. It's the younger millennials, the ones in their 20s, and the Gen Z people behind them, teenagers in high schools and, more importantly, colleges because they're of voting age. They love the guy. They love Bernie Sanders. They love the idea of transforming America like he wants to do as Barack Obama once promised, because it means free stuff for all of them. Now, our campaign is not just about beating Trump. It is about transforming this country. I want you to be afraid of that, because it's the fear of that that could and will and should drive us for the over the course of the next nine months to doing everything we can to make sure we re-elect a president who didn't want to transform America, just wanted to restore its greatness. And now that that has happened in this thriving economy, with the manufacturing jobs returned, with the wages higher, with the unemployment rate for all demographics at all-time lows, etc., now it's more important than ever for us to work our hardest to re-elect somebody who revived American greatness and now wants to, K-A-G, keep America great instead. Let's talk about the radicalism of the party, because it is indeed a very radical Democrat party now. Tim Ryan, not somebody I have a ton of respect for, Democrat Tim Ryan from Warren, was on uh, uh, Fox News talking uh, about Bernie Sanders And he acknowledges, he acknowledges that the craziness of the socialist policies uh, proposed by Bernie Sanders will be devastating for this country and hopefully would be devastating for his party. He's he's being polite. Uh, I personally am am very, very concerned about uh, some of the folks who are running. Uh, I think, you know, if we run under a democratic socialist banner uh, in 50 states, I think we lose the industrial Midwest. I think we lose 48 states. I think we lose working class union voters who have negotiated their private health care. I think we lose 48 states if we nominate a socialist like Bernie Sanders. I think that's hilarious. And I think that's also possibly accurate. Because that's why he's not even a, a Democrat. He is a, 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 um, a Democratic Socialist. Bernie Sanders only caucuses with and votes with the Democrats, so he has somewhere to get his socialist message out there. But the Democrats are embracing him. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, with the exception of some like Tim Ryan, again, I don't have a ton of respect for him, but I respect that. He recognizes the danger of a Bernie Sanders candidacy and uh, presidency. So does former press secretary for Donald Trump, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, look, I think the president's reelection chances right now have never looked stronger. The idea that his approval rating is at an all-time high and crazy Bernie may be his opponent, he's a proud socialist, may actually be the Democrat nominee is, frankly, I think should be terrifying for everybody. Not to mention Bloomberg, if he continues to rise, is going to have serious problems with women, with African Americans, his record, his language is offensive and atrocious but the most important thing you just heard there from sarah sanders is that crazy bernie as a proud socialist might be the democratic nominee and that is terrifying for everybody and oddly i'm kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth here when i say this i think it's great if he is the nominee for trump because of what tim ryan said but it is terrifying because what if a miracle happened it was considered to be a miracle 
that Donald Trump was able to beat Hillary Clinton. Right? That was a miracle. That was never going to happen. This outsider, this political novice, this flamethrower, this guy coming in here with all of his bravado and all of his Trumpisms and everything, he can't beat uh, uh, Hillary Clinton, right? But he did. And the entire balance of the country was changed. My concern is that while I kind of agree with Tim Ryan that Bernie Sanders would be a disaster for the Democrats and that he could lose 48 states, as Ryan said, my fear is that lightning strikes twice. Another miracle, four years apart, this time going the socialist direction. What if the younger generation was able to convince others to rally behind the free stuff for everybody, lunatic, maniacal rantings and ravings of a Bernie Sanders. That would be terrifying for America. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is right. All right, more on the radicalism of the left coming up. Also, your phone calls on AM 1420, The Answer. Glad to hear that Larry Elder promo because it gives me a reason to remind you that I will be sitting in for the Great Sage nationwide, coast to coast tonight uh, on the Larry Elder program. So if you are not getting enough of what we are doing today, make sure you tune in tonight at air 7 to 10 right here on AM 1420, The Answer, as I sit in for Larry. Let's go to uh, a couple of calls here before the top of the hour. I still have so much audio to get into, particularly as it pertains to the identity politics the Democrats continue to play and how it's going to burn them, especially if African-American voters and other minority voters turn away from them uh, in this upcoming election. But let's go to John, who is in Berea. And, John, you are on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead, sir. I uh, agree with you in relation to Bernie Sanders. In fact, that uh, dives into my major point, which is I don't agree with those individuals who say, well, since Trump is going to obviously win the uh, Republican nomination, let's go ahead and mess around with uh, what's going on on the other side. And, right. and, and precisely for the, I think that's a terrible idea, precisely for what you just said. I don't want to be a part of. Let's say Bernie Sanders does get the Democratic nomination, and then he does somehow get elected president. I don't want it on my heart that I even indirectly helped uh, put him in the White House. So I'm saying that those people say, oh, go ahead, and I've heard other people say it, go ahead and uh, you know vote for him or you know vote for the weakest candidate to try to get them in there so Trump could win. No, vote for, vote for the person that you think is best for the country. Don't play these these silly games, it could be self-defeating. I think you make a very, very good point, um, John. Um, it's tempting. It really is, though, you know, because you know the president is going to win uh, his nomination for, for re-election. As a matter of fact, last night, it, this, this is lost in all of the drama of the rest of the Democrats, is that the president's New Hampshire vote total last night dwarfed the uh, vote totals of the past incumbent presidents, including Obama, Bush, uh, Clinton, he, he just uh, destroyed. That's how many people are still passionate about coming out to vote and support for him, support him in a night, you know, it was bad weather and everything else. They wanted to come out there and support the president. But right. having, said that, having said that, your point is great. We can take for granted his victory as an incumbent and then maybe think about registering in a primary and voting for, as you say, the least dangerous candidate for him to beat. 
But it is dangerous, especially when it comes to somebody like Bernie, who has Uh shown the ability to pull a lot of people together who might not have voted otherwise with his crazy promises of of free everything and government uh, uh, handouts for everybody, uh, even even with high taxes. So you run a great risk there if you do that. I I do agree with you. I assume you know that your predecessor, uh, person on the air before you, Hugh Hewitt, he, he went and I know. for Bernie Sanders. And then another talk show host, Mr. Rush, he, a few years ago, uh, was uh, was pushing people to do the same thing. I think that's a terrible idea. Vote for who you think is best for a country, period, and that's it. Yeah. John, great call, my friend. Thanks for it. I appreciate that. I remember that. What uh, what Rush did uh, back uh, when Obama was running, and I think it was for re-election, uh, and I think he tried to uh, create chaos. It was called Operation Chaos or something of that nature. And yes, I do know that Hugh, my friend, uh, uh, did what he said. He voted for voted for uh, Bernie Sanders, voted in the uh, Democrat primary because he could, and voted for Bernie Sanders because he wants everybody to have that choice between capitalism and socialism free market uh, uh, economic growth and the oppressive nature of socialism, thinking it will be an easy call for American voters to run away uh, for Donald Trump to win in a runaway. Uh, And I do understand his point. It just, it does come with a risk. It comes with a risk. And the risk is, as I said before, that lightning strike, that shocking development, that no way in the world Donald Trump, the billionaire playboy from New York, who comes in with his radical style and crazy tweets. There's no way that guy comes in and beats the anointed one, Hillary Clinton, who will be the third term of Barack Obama, but the first term maybe of something worse. Breaking that glass ceiling as the first female president and all the rest. There's no way Hillary Clinton loses. No way. But she did. And and I cannot run that risk as well. I, I, that's why I'm with you. And that's why it's a very dangerous game that people are playing if they decide to cross over and vote for Bernie Sanders and make him the nominee and put him against Trump. Because what if that lightning strikes again? It could. It could. All right. Uh, we're going to get news now. If you're on hold, stay there. I'm coming to you. I still have a ton of audio to play for you, a ton of analysis to offer you, and a couple of other stories not related to New Hampshire or the, uh, the uh, radical Democrat Party. Jussie is in some trouble. That's right. The special prosecutor in Chicago has indicted Jussie Smollett for last year's hoax hate crime. I know you're going to want to talk about that. Uh, We're going to talk about the coronavirus as well and a few other things. Stay here for hour number two. Coming up.